Hi, everyone. Welcome to Get a Word in with me, your host, Josh Wagner, connecting with friends in different locations and vocations, discussing yesterday, today, and beyond. And beyond today is we're going down under, 14 hours ahead from where I am to a 1960s hippie locale. And I'm connecting with a hippie of modern day party in terms of freedom and exploration. Old friend of mine, Chichi Menendez, it is wonderful to have you. Good morning. Good evening for me. Good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. How are you, Josh? It's so nice to see you. (laughs) I'm so happy to see you. It's been years, but seeing your face brings me joy. We're halfway around the world from each other, but I feel like I'm right in front of you because I'm I'm, I'm feeling warm inside. Oh, that's gorgeous. (laughs) All right. The the way we do this, I, I start off with a little dinner table introduction. And here's how I would describe you coming to a dinner table, right? Dinner table introduction, Chichi Menendez, an expert in creative communication, an artist, creative director, photographer, a founder of Nowhere Stories, which we'll get into in a little bit, 15 years creative director in Paris, an event designer for Le Baron La Clique. This woman has literally thrown some of the greatest parties that you were ever at or heard of. Literally has worked with Kanye West, British Fashion Council. She has worked with Uniqlo. She's thrown parties from London, Paris, Moscow, Miami, Cannes Film Festival, places that you wish you could have gotten into and places you've heard of. But more than that, we have an underground party master to now rock climber and full-time artist and photographer who has relocated to a town of 3,600 people. For me, the last (laughs) time I saw Chi-Chi was in the most wild Art Basel Miami party environment. And now to sit here with her now, the majority of our entire friendship has been within the confines of a nightclub or bar. And now I get to talk to her in this moment. What have I missed, Gigi? Nothing. It actually sounds more impressive than it is, though. <laughs> it's not. So we're going we're gonna to start off with this. I'm going to say the last time we saw each other was probably like six years ago. Chichi and I used to throw these insane parties with Le Baron in Miami when like the French crew would roll in and we would just literally like rip shit up for six days. And it was yeah. such a joy just to break the ice. What is your wildest Art Basel Miami moment that you can share with everyone? I think the wildest I probably can't talk about. Like, like they probably under wraps for a while still. Like they'll come out of the vault at some point. Yeah. But I don't know, there were so many wild moments. I mean, God, I think my favorite moments were obviously when we were working together in, in that little underground bar. The Florida um, room at the Delano. Florida room. That was pretty wild. I mean, I remember doing like live karaoke at the Shore Club with Daphne Guinness and Jefferson Hack and all these kinds of crazy people. Like, um, there were so many crazy moments. I think, I don't know. I think the highlight though was like, um, and I know this is going to sound so bad and so not underground. Bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. Meeting Beyonce, like I was just like, ah. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's a bit of a queen. She's pretty amazing. She's so beautiful and so humble and so everything that you'd want her to be. Um, and yeah, normally I'd go for the underground stuff, but yeah, sorry, had to go there. <laughs> All right. So before before we really dig into things, I, I just think it's fascinating where you are. You are you, you need to share. So she, she share with me where she is right now. And like from a woman who's living cosmopolitan centers of the world. Right. Chi Chi's now living in a town of thirty six hundred people. Uh, she's living in a place called Mullumbimbi, which literally native is, I wrote this down, small round hill in a town of 3,600 people that became, it was a timber town that became a hippie bastion. Where are you? Please explain where you are. 
So it's a, it's the best place in the world. I got to tell you, I'm in love with this place, and I'm in love with everybody here. It's incredible. Um, What's the yeah. name of the town? Sorry. I just had to hear you say the name of the town. Malamabimbi. Malamabimbi. <laughs> how did this happen to me, Josh? Um, I don't know how this happened, but no, actually, I do know how it happened because I was on a bit of a crazy mission last year, and. I decided that I needed to go on a pilgrimage of sorts to the desert. So I bought myself a van and um, decided to go on a little road trip. Uh, and I was going to get to the desert eventually, but I ended up kind of coming up here. I'm on the northern rivers of Australia, so kind of near Byron Bay. Very beautiful. Um, but, yeah, I, I was. I called a friend. I was like, can I camp on your land? He had like four acres out in the middle of the rainforest. And so I drove up in my van and was camping out for a month in the middle of nowhere by myself with no phone reception, like pretty crazy. Yeah. And um, and really loving it, actually, really loving that sort of space and time. And um, I ended up just meeting all these incredible people and decided to not go home. So from what was like a one-week adventure, two-week adventure, I kind of moved here. <laughs> what, what was that moment you're like, I'm going to stay here? Um. I think what happened was because Malambimbi, if I mean, is a really special place because a lot of sort of the hippies in the 60s came up to live in this area in Byron, Nimburn, sort of. So it's it's a kind of the last frontier of freedom, you know, in, in that sense. It's people living up the hills, people living off grid, people that have built houses in the most wild ways, you know, fairy houses, all sorts of crazy things. Yeah. And so it's really unique. And um, and so I can't remember what I was going to say. Hey, but, um, there's been I've I've seen the news. There's been some big news out of your small town globally. I yeah. mean, when I say you 5G, when I say to you coronavirus, like there's yeah. a lot happening in your town right now because you're a lot of There is a lot happening because people here are really really passionate about their freedoms and they're very passionate about living holistically and living naturally. Like it's a it's a, a big thing in this community. So most people grow their own food. Most people. Um, you know, go to the herbalist. They don't go to the doctor. We have a herbalist in town. You know, like there's, there's, it's really, really quite out there, but it's really quite beautiful. And so um, I think there's a big pro there was a big protest last week because we're all on lockdown. And um, for 12 months, Mullumbimby fought against having 5G installed in Mullumbimby. So they were, you know, pretty, pretty hardcore about their protests, going to government, council and you know, they had a council moratorium, which meant that um, it was illegal for Telstra, the phone company, to come in and upgrade this tower. Yeah. So there was a written legal document, a moratorium stopping this. And they came anyway to do it. Yeah. And um, so it was outrageous to these people in this community because um, it was a democratic right. They'd fought for this right to, to speak up and, and have their wishes heard. And this corporation just came in and decided that they were just going to do it. So... Last week it was pretty wild because there was like social distance protests. Everyone was on the street, a meter fifty apart. Um, and like a town of thirty six hundred people protesting. Yeah. Against five G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, getting arrested, people getting arrested, and all sorts, and and trying to maintain social distance, um, and being told they had to be exercising, so people are running on the spot trying to protest. You know, it's like really wild and crazy stuff. And you know, some of the posts in the community are like. Um, this is the last battleground, you know, and so it's it's quite it's quite intense. And you know, regardless of how you feel about 5G or regardless of what what your stance is on it, I think if a community has voted against it and the council 
you know, and there's paperwork and there's then then that has to be respected, you know. And I feel that's what I feel very strongly about at the moment is what what is happening to our civil rights and liberties in, in this time, you know. Interesting. What would be yeah. one unique thing that nobody would know about Mullumbimby during Corona that you think would be unique to share with the guests? Um, I think the unique thing is that everybody's sharing seedlings and seeds. There's like an underground community of people sharing plants and seeds and planting their own gardens. And it's quite amazing, actually. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. All right. So now we know where you are. I would like to know, I asked people where they would be if this moment wasn't happening in time. Would you have traveled? Would you have gone to other places? Or would you have taken that trip and discovered that place and be exactly where you are? Well, I'd be exactly where I am, actually. Awesome. And I, I'm so grateful. I'm actually so grateful that this is where I am because I feel, I, the, the, although that sort of crazy stuff is going on, I feel very protected. You know, I can still go out in nature. I can still go for walks. So there's an element of feeling a little bit protected from all the, all the madness as well. So it feels good. I mean, most of the people I've been speaking to are in densely populated areas or, you know, cities. You know, you, you're, you're the person I've spoken to that is the most remote. So yeah. it's, th- th- there is comfort in that, you think? I think so. You know, I think so. I can, you know, I can still go up for a drive up to the mountains and go for a walk to a beautiful waterfall. And so I've been sharing these little walks with my friends on social media, like trying to get them to have a little nature hit. I'm like, is this obnoxious or is this nice for you? And they're like, oh, it's nice. So I'm trying to, you know, share some of that kind of, you know, nature stuff with them because a lot of people are locked up and really sad. And so it's tough I mean, for a lot what, what, what makes me smile so much inside is that like you went from like concrete jungle living to like, yeah, I actually like being in the actual jungle. <laughs> like, even though I know you're not in the jungle, but like, you, you know what I mean? It's, I kind of am. And it's a little bit confusing. I wake up in the morning every day. I'm like, who am I? I don't know who I am anymore. It's kind of bizarre. It's like, it couldn't be more extreme, you know, like the, the change could not be have been more extreme, I think. Well, I think but, a lot of people are asking those questions. And I think We'll get into more and understand where your mind is because I've got some rapid questions for you that you have no idea about. Okay. And I'll try to get Chi a little bit, a little bit, a little bit frazzled. Chi Chi, next part I like to call is rapid fire. I'm going to ask you some questions you don't know about, but we're going to get into them. Are you ready to see if you can get a word in with me? Yes. What is your dream place to climb? You're a climber, a rock climber now. Dream place to climb? Yosemite, the El Capitan. Jesus. Yep. How many languages do you speak and how many countries have you visited? Oh, I speak three and a half languages and I can't count the amount of countries that I've visited. <laughs> I don't know. For a woman who has thrown countless events and productions that you've created, what is your most successful event you've ever done that you're most proud of? I would have to say the Quicksilver 40-year anniversary in Paris. Mm, okay. Well, Stay- I did part of that. Yeah. Tell us about that. What was it? Um, well, I was given a, a really beautiful part of the the, pro- the project to work on, which is their 40-year history, telling their 40-year history through an exhibition. Mm-hmm. And so I got to d- deep dive into all their stories and, and 40 years of, like, material and clothing, and I created an interactive um, exhibition. So travelling through time through these sort of teenagers' bedrooms with all their, like, each room was a decade. It was really exciting and really beautiful and really, really great. Yeah. I remember my Quicksilver sweater when I was a kid. It was gray and it had this, the amazing logo with like the the pink neon underneath it. I remember that really well. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Next thing, in terms of events, what are the key ingredients for you to create a successful event? 
Wow. Okay. Um, lighting. I'm crazy about lighting. Good lighting. So important. Good music. So important. Having the right music, the right energy. Um, having the right mix of people. I think having a diverse mix of people makes it makes a, a an event so much more interesting. And I think creating spaces, creating designing spaces within an event that have different purposes for people to interact in different ways. Mm. And I think a good concept, you know, a good solid concept that ties everything together, you know. Yeah. Um, so the music, the lighting, it all makes sense. It all talks to each other. I think that's really important. I think, you know, to you saying that, you know, we've produced events differently. I think, you know, that, that feeling of being a puppeteer and like sprinkling yeah. stuff when people don't yeah. know what's going on. Like yeah. everything you just said are the things that like you and I may obsess about. Other people are like, oh, it feels really good in here. Yeah, no shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yes, yes. All the thought that's gone into it, but then it's just little subtle. It's it's very sort of subliminal, isn't it? It's like, oh, I'm going to make you feel good like that because I'm going to put that little music on there, and you know, sort of. So yeah, I think it's very subtle details, but but attention to details. And I think I think design design and space is super important. Yeah. I think it's very underrated. Like it's the first thing when I go into an event if I'm, I want to know how I navigate that space in a way that's comfortable, you know, and interesting. So. Yeah. Well, you were a master puppeteer in any realm I walked into that I knew you were behind. I knew I was going to have an amazing experience. I was going to feel good. I was going to enjoy myself seamlessly. So respect. That being said, also from those elements as a photographer, can I ask you, what is the last image that you took that you were most moved or proud of? An image that you took as a photographer? Um, actually, this weekend, on Sunday, <laughs> I um I went on a nature walk with a friend of mine who's a gorgeous um, Japanese barber. He's amazing, very talented artist, and um we were just on our reconnection walks and talking about reconnecting to nature. And I managed to capture a moment of him um, in this creek that I felt really spoke about what we were speaking about. And um yeah, I was proud of that to reflect that. You know. <laughs> awesome. All right, I'm going back to yesteryear to the underground party master mm. what is the longest period of time you have not slept 13 days <laughs> did not expect that whatsoever were you in one place or were you traveling uh no i think every year can film festival 13 like 12 nights or 13 nights and you know minimal like maybe an hour a night two hours a night of sleep because, um, you know, basically, you know, we were doing events at night, like throwing all the directors' film parties and whatnot, and then during the day organising all the events that we were going to do that night. So, yeah. you know, you're just working and then crying on the 13th day. Usually. I mean, I'm just going to say holy shit, followed by what's the longest period of time you actually did not get out of your bed and slept? Mm. A day? <laughs> yes, that's all she needs, everybody. She, she just needs 13 days on, one day off. Yeah, she wants to work with you all the time. Next question What shoes are you wearing right now? Oh, I can't tell you. Oh, come on. <laughs> the reason I say is I did my research and I heard that nobody in your town wears shoes. Well, <laughs> true. No one wears shoes. You're in a little town in Australia where no one wears shoes. Okay. I did more of my research. For those who don't know, I would like to ask, because this is this is a passion of, of Chi-Chi growing up, who is your favorite 3D artist? 3D. Who's your favorite sculpture artist? Oh, that's so hard. I can't believe you did this to me. That's like, really on to the question. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, oh, well. What, what, yeah, go for it. Mm, 
Favorite sculpture? Favorite sculpture, um, La Pieta in the Vatican, Michelangelo. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Where is one place you long to return? Miami. Oh. <laughs> I'm Basil, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> what do you seek in subject matter when it comes to photography? Um, connection, interest, um, a, a unique beauty. Yeah. That, continue on that. What what does reportage photography mean to you? Uh, I guess documentary, like yeah. sort of documentary war kind of photography, like kind of capturing what, what is there, mm. the essence mm. of what's there. Beautiful. Mm. Is this moment in time a reset or an evolution period in human history? I'm not sure. I hope it's transformative. Mm. Beautiful. Let me ask you, what is your last good deed that you've performed? Last good deed? Ah, oh. I cooked for a, a pregnant lady recently and, and dropped it off at her doorstep because I knew she couldn't get out and she was, you know, nine months living in the hills. So I took her up a little feast. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And what is your latest regret? Latest regret? I don't think I have any. Done. I, End I, of it. <laughs> you, you have nothing leave it at that <laughs> nothing in your head that's a good place to be no. yep. yeah besides the regret that you could actually like take a shower in the size of your coffee cup anybody this? jesus it's, a regret. <laughs> it's amazing all right you made it through rapid fire we're going to the next ne next segment of, of our talk yesterday today and beyond which we can do however you choose we can talk about one subject matter yeah. as a reference pastime today or moving forward or a segment of it your choice i am going to say you hearing this i'm going to start with what does reconnection to nature mean to you or just first connection what does connection to nature mean to chi chi okay um i think for me it's um really important at this time to reconnect to nature in order to ground ourselves again. I think, I think we're, we're as as we move into a more and more technological world, and we're more and more immersed in this virtual reality that we're creating. I think it's really, really important to reconnect to nature for so many reasons: for sustainability reasons, for spiritual reasons, for personal health reasons. I think um, nature holds some really important keys to our well-being, and I feel like when when nature's well we're well and so mm -hmm. to have a reciprocal relationship with nature i think is really important i mean um, when, when you speak about nature what, what what's one thing that you're uh, just a huge advocate for like for example i can only imagine what the stars look like for you in a small town out out yeah. out there you know i can only imagine uh, the beauty you have outside your doorstep like you've lived in cities for the majority of your adult life right yeah like, yeah, what, yeah. what 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 sings to you about nature now? What has made it so special for you? It's medicine. I think it's medicine. You know, I think um, we get so caught up in so many things living in a city. We're so distracted. We're so busy. We're so, and I feel like um, for me, nature is the ultimate healer. It's the ultimate medicine. You know, I had a a really quite debilitating condition that I had to deal with um, about a year ago, and um, I found healing through walking in nature. You know, that was the thing that was resetting my body and my brain and and um, and I don't know. I just I just feel like um, the earth is calling at the moment. Everybody was you know? it unexpected to you, or did you seek it? 
Were you surprised by it? I'm still surprised by it. Yeah. I'm still surprised by it because, but I feel like it's really important. Like I think there's been key key awakening moments for me in feeling this need to to reconnect and reclaim my relationship with with the land. And one of those things is is just the the I don't know. I'm feeling more and more curious about Indigenous culture in Australia and and how they worked and lived with the land. And I, I feel that um, we we have such little knowledge. We're so ignorant yeah. as white people, and you know, yeah. like we're so ignorant about those things. I mean, we're not we're not taught how to plant. We're not taught how to grow things. We're not taught how to respect the environments we live in. And I feel like that at this point in time, it's very important that we we start learning those things, you know? So when you when you say reclaim, so did you realize it was lost before it was, before you thought you had to reclaim it? Like, yeah, I think we've all lost it. I think we've all lost that relationship. We all live in, in apartments and cities and we all live in confined spaces and, um, you know, we've all lost that. We don't know the names of the trees around us. We don't know the names of the plants that are in our backyard or in our front yard. Like, we've lost that relationship, you know? Tell me the last thing you learned about nature that you could share with me. Uh, I've been reading this beautiful book uh, called The Hidden Life of Trees, actually. Um, it's a spectacular book um, written by a forester. And so, um, you know, it talks about how trees communicate underground. And there's this amazing thing called the Wood Wide Web, which I have never heard of, which is like this fungal underground network. It's called the I Wood Wide Web. This. It, yes. <laughs> it talks. It's like the internet for trees, you know. Yeah. So that's a really fun fact. Yeah. It's, it's real life avatar. There is yeah. a world of connectivity, especially through fungi and mushrooms are yeah. fascinating. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And it's underground. There's a lot of underground world. Um, I read this beautiful book last year called Underland by Robert McFarlane, and he goes into these underworlds and underlands. And yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah. Underland Robert McFarlane. Yeah. Amazing book. Amazing book. Check but the, the, one of the, the one about the trees is called The Hidden Life of Trees. That's a lovely book to read. All right, everybody. You heard I'm it. Like Look it up. <laughs> Next question. What does transition or change mean to you today? Transition or change? Um, transition or change. I mean, you just we just shared that you just did a 180, you know, in many respects of life, right? Like not, not to be like, oh, I want to go find my – no, no. You just went through transition and change in your life. And, you know, what does transition and change mean to you? Um, I think it's uh, I think it's difficult. I think it's confronting. I think everybody globally is going through that at the moment. They're having this moment of assessment, of self-assessment. They, you know, they've been taken out of what they're used to doing and comfortable in, which is going to work, seeing people, da-da-da. And now they're, like, forced at home to really kind of sit and reassess and, and be alone. And I think... I think it's confronting and I think it's difficult for a lot of people. And um, But I feel like out of that comes the, the, the most, the greatest growth. If you can embrace that process of, of, of change and then, yeah. you know, it opens up whole, whole new worlds and new doors. So, but I, th I think you have to go through a little bit of difficulty and not be too distracted and kind of sit in it. I mean, you, you make you make it with a smile and such a positive attitude. You make it sound like easy to confront. Like it's definitely a difficult thing, right? Like yeah. I think right now, you know, we're in this moment in society where your face and your demeanor and your posture um, doesn't necessarily reflect how you feel inside. And then there's yeah. another way that people are sharing more than they ever have, right? So like, yeah. I mean. Hidden or not, if we do it through kindness and openness and knowing that, like, we're all experiencing, like you just said, change, 
Mm. That commonality of conversation is a good thing to go off of. Yeah. Yeah. We're all yeah. Experiencing something. Like yeah. how are you coping with it? How yeah. are you how can we help each other out in that process? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How can we create community in this and virtual or otherwise? But you know, and how can we create out of this? You know, and what can we create and what do we want to create? What's the world we want to create out of this? Because obviously it's it's highlighting where we're all going wrong, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of you know, you just nailed it. Highlighting where we're going wrong in terms of change. This going to ask this. This brings me to my next question, right? Because to me, you're a creator. You're 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 a maverick. You're you're a leader. You're not fearful, right? You're you're incredibly considerate and thoughtful on how you produce something. I would like to ask you, what do you think going forward? What does like you as a photographer? What mm. does a series look like? What does what does an exhibition look like? What does presentation of art look like going forward like when all these feelings are coming up and we want to share it with somebody else what does it look like today and beyond oh wow that's good um i think i think it's really important for artists to um attempt to really connect and communicate with people you know i think um these days of sort of um their 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 peers or their their subjects or their guests I think audience. I think as an artist, like if you're creating work, there, there should be an aim to connect to to the audience, um, not to just create work that's elitist and and out of the realms of, of common vernacular. Like it needs to be something that really conveys and communicates and 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 promotes change. I think Picasso said something like that: "Art is an art if it's not revolutionary." So yeah. it should be creating some kind of change. Um, I think at the moment we have an opportunity to use technology in that way and and that's sort of a theme that I'm exploring how can I use technology which is so pervasive and so dominant right now how can I use that to reconnect people to nature and, and to and to take people out of this sort of phone space and and back out into the into the real living world you know so um I feel like there's some interesting themes to explore there you know with technology especially in VR and and, and all the sort of emerging technologies that are coming out so incorporating technology to show your exhibit, to share your expression. Oh, I think so. I think so. Um, there's so many amazing, um, I mean, with virtual reality, you can really create fully immersive experiences for people now, you know, and so I'm working on a little project at the moment in VR, like trying to create a, a virtual ritual so that, you know, you're in this augmented reality in nature, but you're in a gallery space, you know, and so maybe being able to take that anywhere. So bring these natural spaces to anybody in wherever they are, you know, and that's something I'd like to explore at the moment. Beautiful. I, I have to ask, just just through your history and where you are right now, what does elitism mean to you? What does narcissism mean to you? What does sharing mean to you today? Mm. Elitism to me is um, it, it's it's equivalent to narcissism in a way, I guess, because it's it's not really trying to connect um, with everybody. You know, it's sort of like using language or using concepts that are that are not um, speaking to everybody, I, I guess, is the simplest way to to talk about it, and, and excluding people from those experiences. So yeah. I think we need to be in a much more inclusive framework now. Like we have to, you know, and, and if anything, this whole corona thing has shown us, it's like who are the important people in our society? They're the people that are your everyday workers, your essential workers in hospitals. They're the important people. You know, they're the people that are holding everything down for us and, and making it possible for everybody to go out and make their millions. Yeah. So, I think, you know, that's that we need more inclusivity and more regard, you know, for others. Cheers to that, because 
mm. it's about time, yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The scale of importance is, is actually held up to the scales of justice. Like, yeah. what, what are you doing to help not just yourself out, but everybody else out? And yeah. What, yeah, well, well, well said. All right, let me ask you in terms of skills, mm. what are some new skills that don't pay the bills? <laughs> so many. <laughs> I from you. I've, I've, I'm obsessed with planting at the moment. So I've got a veggie patch that I'm growing. Um, it's the first time in my life that I've even grown anything. So, like, I had to buy a hose last week. I didn't even know how to connect a hose. I had to FaceTime someone and be like, how do I connect a hose? They thought it was very funny, uh, embarrassing. But, yeah, like, just things that, you know, I haven't been taught that. No one taught me that in school. No one, you know, it's something that I, I'm really excited about, which is, like, harvesting my food and cooking and and yeah. so yeah, reconnecting to skills that don't pay bills, you know. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Next section, Chi-Chi. Good riddance. Give me some more or liar, liar, pants on fire. Let me ask you. You don't have to answer all of them. But if you would like to say one thing you've gotten rid of of your life in this moment, one thing you've added to your life you want to keep, or one thing that you yourself or people out there are, you think, falsehood they're 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 sharing a a fake version of it what would you say is one of those things you'd like to share oh can you say it again (laughs) so good riddance it's out of your life forever give me some more i'm going to keep on doing it or this is not true it's 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 being fake it's it's not real out there what do you think okay well i don't want to sound negative but i feel like um What's happening on social media is a lot. <laughs> I feel like we need to pull back a little bit from all of the personas that, you know, we're creating for ourselves in, in that world and, and get back to sort of more authentic work. Um, I feel like that's an issue. But um, I feel like, yeah, we can only do that if we get very real with ourselves and if we, I don't know, I mean, create better work, you know, instead of. And what I mean by that is like, you know, this sort of influx of constantly having to feed photos and things and put things out there that, that you know, um, diminish the authenticity of our work, you know. No, see, like, so what you just said to me just like really hit a chord because better mm. work, yes, like it's so easy to throw things up, right? And mm. it's so easy to be fearful to throw things up. And it's so yeah. easy to point fingers at things like I better work, right? Like yeah. intention, the right yeah. messaging. Yeah. Sadly, people point fingers and say, I'm not about that. How about don't point a finger? Yeah. Welcome it in first. Digest it. Like yeah. better work. I, I love that. There's there's better work is necessary right now. I'm slowing it down, slowing everything down a little bit. I think we're going too fast. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> that's what I'm embracing, slowing everything down, you know. So that's why you guys don't want 5G in your town. Yeah, we be- don't want fast yeah. internet. We just want to be chill. We don't have, want to have to work that hard. <laughs> right, so better work and slowing down. I yeah. amen to that. So let me ask you to, to close out. Um, I love talking to you and I love hearing your perspective. And I love hearing where you are in the world right now, you know, coming from Paris to going to a 3,600 person town in, in Sydney, outside of Brisbane. Um, yeah. It's an adventure. <laughs> It is an adventure, and thank you for sharing part of yours with, with with me right now. What would be your word? What would be your parting word to share with everybody that what you're experiencing in this moment in time that you did you'd like to share with people? Um, I'd like everybody to embrace this time actually that they're living because I feel it's a very unique time. We might you might never get time to have time again, 
you know, and as difficult as that might be, like really embrace what you can explore in this time and and um, use the time, use the time wisely. Yeah. Perfect. Chi-Chi, check us out. <laughs> I'm not wearing shoes either. <laughs> Keep your shoes off. Yeah. Keep feeling the earth. No shoes movement. Right. I'm so happy that you took this on. I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for it's been so beautiful talking to you. And I actually miss seeing your face in real life. Like <laughs> oh, I want to give it a squeeze. And it was so funny because Chi Chi and I also share wet hair is down. If you talk to us <laughs> flowers, it just grows. It gets bigger as the day goes on. <laughs> so happy to see your face. Thank you. I'm just we will be seeing each other soon, okay? Bye. Thanks, Chi Chi. Bye. <laughs> That's it. Bye.